our wonderful nation. Our great country. Our country is in serious trouble. Well, good afternoon, everyone. And of course, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for keeping the chat comfy. If you have not yet, please consider hitting the like button. Please consider sharing the show. We have a lot to talk about. Now, if you live in New York City, you may not be all that excited to learn about the blockade the truckers are planning not to keep you in or to stop you from leaving the city, but no longer making deliveries into the city. And of course, their only demand is that the city of New York compensate Donald Trump $364 million. Judge and Gorin, the human ashtray, trying to destroy Donald Trump, the Trump family, and the Trump organization. Well, you F around, you find out. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for all the stickers hanging out over there on the foxholepilled.net. Thank you to the chatters on all of the platforms. Appreciate you guys. Do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn. We're going to be right back after this. Well, bad news. It sounds like the Fed has taken the punch bowl away from the party yet again because the stock market has been betting on March rate cuts, but not so fast because all three indexes just got pummeled on the news that rate cuts are off the table. Now, is this why JP Morgan and UBS are calling for a 23% drop in the S&P? Let me tell you something. This is the longest time we've ever had in history between recessions. And right now, that recession indicator is ringing off the hook. It's most severe alarm in that 40-year history. So either you think Bidenomics is working or you're buying gold. And since we all know Bidenomics isn't working... Isn't it time you protected your retirement by getting gold? Right now, you can call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today and do it before it's too late. All you got to do is mention me, Zach Payne, and this show, Red Pill News on Red Pill 78, and you will always get the best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. The Patriot Gold Group has the No Fee for Life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you might be eligible for for the no fee for life IRA on qualifying rollovers. So give them a call today at 888-857-6092 and request your free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top rated gold IRA dealer for seven years in a row. Call them today at 888-857-6092. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Good afternoon. I hope you're having a lovely day. I'd like to begin by first saying thank you so much to Anarchist Owl for sending me this disappearing Bill of Rights coffee cup. Take a look at that. Before you put coffee in it, your civil liberties exist. And gradually, 
throughout the course of you drinking your coffee, they disappear in the same way they have under Joe Biden. So let me read this. As our rights subtly dissipate, so does your coffee. But thanks to folks like you, perhaps your drink is the only thing really gone. Hoot hoot from Anarchist Owl. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you very much to Lewis as well. Got your letter today. Really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to everybody for hanging out with us today. I have this Donald Trump soundboard, and I was playing sounds every now and then throughout the introduction. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but here, hang on. You're going to love winning. <laughs> you are fake news. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, guys. So we have so much to talk about today, and uh, and we have very little time to get through it. So I'd like to begin today uh, by talking about the latest move coming out of the Biden regime. Uh, you may think that there is nothing that they can do to turn it around, and why is this not working for me? Okay. You may think there's nothing they can do to turn it around. I tend to believe there's nothing they can do to turn it around. But, of course, that doesn't mean they're not going to try to turn it around. And apparently their big Hail Mary revolves around one thing. And that, my friends, is the 2024 State of the Union. And if previous State of the Unions and any public statements from Joe Biden up until this point are any indication of how that's going to go, Something tells me this is not going to be the big deal that they think it is. So less than a year out from the 2024 election, and Joe Biden is obviously trailing far behind Donald Trump. He's probably even trailing behind RFK Jr. And who knows, Marianne Williamson or whoever else is running in other third party places. Now, throughout the variety of swing states where they stole the election in 2020, Looks like Donald Trump is going to handily beat Joe Biden. Of course, it doesn't mean they're not going to attempt to do exactly what they did before. But the actual votes that could possibly be used to steal the election in those states, I just don't think they're there. And more than anything, if you didn't believe that 81 million votes were legitimately given to Joe Biden in the 2020 election, how are you supposed to believe that even more Votes are going to go Joe Biden's way here in 2024. I think they run a real risk of setting the nation on fire, civil unrest, people out in the streets just not willing to accept another stolen election. But who knows? I am simply a humble podcaster, and these are the thoughts that I have on a daily basis. What will happen if they try to steal the election again? Is it even possible? Mm, I just I don't believe so. But you never know. They have done things to surprise us in the past. So with this election looming around the corner and Joe Biden's reelection chances looking slimmer and slimmer, he and his team are hoping that his State of the Union address will be a turning point And it could be the sort of just outrageous stunt that propels the 81 year old Joe Biden to the front of the pack. Now, his mental fitness is seriously lacking, and a lot of people are extremely worried about what's happening. Now, apparently his team is all too aware of this fact. From Axios, a source close to Biden says everyone around him is well aware, well aware of the need to jack this campaign up. The only way to deal with the negative aftershocks of the special counsel's report and specifically Joe Biden's infirmed and elderly status is for the president to be out there, to be visible, to be a strong presence and a strong voice. Does that sound like the Joe Biden you know? It doesn't sound like the Joe Biden I know. And I just don't know how they're going to achieve that. 
They hope to somehow, however, recreate the 2023 State of the Union address. And when I think back to that 2023 State of the Union, I believe we broadcast it live here on the channel. I don't think that I remember it the way that they're remembering it. It did not seem to me to be an overwhelming success. Didn't seem that Joe Biden did a particularly good job. It didn't seem like he really had all that good to report. I mean, he might have dissed the uh, the state of the union in terms of Republicans, you know, uh, recently losing in in the the House and Senate races. Uh, He might have potentially gotten in a couple of cheap shots. But this time around, what is he going to talk about? You know, I mean, virtually every problem that exists in the United States today exists because of that stolen election in 2020 and what Joe Biden, and his cohorts in the regime have done since he got into office. So I don't know about how much fine tuning is really going to bring it home for Joe Biden. I don't know how much physical or mental preparation this man is going to be able to have the best he can hope for is to not stumble when he's reading those teleprompters. And again, if past performance is an indication of a future event, in the case of Joseph Robinette Biden, I think that our concerns and the concerns of his own team about his mental fitness uh, are probably going to be indicative of exactly what we can hope to expect. So I am probably going to be broadcasting it live here on the channel. We will try to have some fun with it. Uh, I will, of course, have my Donald Trump soundboard at opportune moments. I'll be able to hit some uh, some key zingers from the Don, and we'll see how uh, we can make a good night of it. So I guess that Biden is planning to to move this address to focus on the border crisis and Again, I don't see how that's going to help him. The border crisis, although it's clear the Democrats and Biden himself have been trying to position it as the fault of Democrats, excuse me, the fault of Republicans, rather. I I just don't think anybody's buying it. I mean, the border crisis didn't suddenly begin when the Republicans refused to vote on a bill that was more a foreign aid package than it was an actual attempt to shore up the problems that Joe Biden and his uh, his ilk have actually created. Um, But uh, they're hoping that by having a good performance in this State of the Union, it's somehow going to give Joe Biden a bump across the board uh, and When you look at the numbers, 76 percent of American voters have concerns about Joe Biden's age and his health. That's a large percentage of the country. And at least 54 percent of Democrats alone are worried about Joe Biden's fitness for a second term. So I just do not think that there is any possible way Joe Biden gets a boost in any real sense. In fact, I think that only a presence at the State of the Union and by carrying through with their their open plan to put Joe Biden out there more often. I mean, deciding to not run a basement campaign this time around when Joe Biden is four years older, uh, four years more decrepit. Clearly, his mental faculties have eroded by many more than just four years. I think all it's going to do is hurt him. And I say bring it. Put Joe Biden front and center on as many TV screens as you possibly can. Have Joe Biden do as many events. Have Joe Biden show up in person as often as possible so that we can see the real life scenario that exists out there. How many people are really supporting Joe Biden? Clearly not 81 million and nowhere near that are going to show up when Joe Biden is out there in the public square. And all we're going to get 
is more opportunities to laugh when he trips, more opportunities to make excellent meme videos of Joe Biden stumbling and talking about dead world leaders he just had lunch with. This is simply going to be a disaster. 2024 is already pretty lit, and I can only imagine it's going to get better. Now, even more so, I think Joe Biden is really going to have a difficult time. Oops, hold on. I hit the wrong button. Okay. Joe Biden's going to have a much more difficult time getting any real live physical voters to the polls. And after President Trump appeared in Michigan over the weekend, I believe he was in Waterford Township. Uh, that's not anywhere near where I was from, but it was close enough. In Michigan, you can get from coast to coast basically in like three or four hours. It's it's not a bad trip. But he, President Trump is speaking in uh, in the eastern portion of Michigan, and it's quite clear that there were a lot of auto workers there. Auto workers equals UAW. UAW traditionally has been a big supporter of the Democrat Party. They tend to get in line and they do what their leadership tells them. Well, not this time around. There was a promise made at this event that President Trump spoke at, and UAW has promised President Trump 85 million voters to come out and vote for him this November in 2024. It certainly helped President Trump that this rally was held just one day after the city and state of New York have forced him into a verdict, 355 million, 364 altogether, but 355 million just for President Trump. And why did he do? Well, he took out loans. He paid them back in a timely fashion. He paid all of the interest on those loans. And then he took out more loans. Donald Trump is a safe bet. Donald Trump has done a lot of business in the years that he's been in business. And so these banks had no problem lending Donald Trump money anytime he asked for it. Thank you so much to Glorious Patriot for becoming a monthly supporter. And then also thank you to Water Wizard, a.k.a. H2O Maven, for dropping that can. Porpoiseful, thank you very much for the cookie as well. So people, average everyday people. Once again, they see what the court system, what the judicial system here in the United States is doing to President Trump, and they identify with him. How many times have we been screwed over? I can't even count the number of times I have been screwed over by the system in my life. You know, you look at I've been real honest about the fact that I lost everything in crypto. OK, I am still pro crypto, but the people who stole my crypto ended up running off to Israel with hundreds of millions of dollars that they siphoned out of that crypto exchange. And I had to I had to get a bankruptcy settlement from them. It looks like I'm not even going to get the bankruptcy settlement. OK, do you think that would happen to a politician? Do you think that would happen to somebody who had some level of power or cachet? No, they would probably just call that guy up and say, hey, guess what? You're either going to pay me my millions of dollars that I had in your exchange or we're going to kill you. We're just going to arrest you. We're going to charge you. And this guy, Alex Mashinsky, he is going on trial. It remains to be seen if he's going to pay at all. He ruined people's lives, though. That's what you get to do when you're part of the club. President Trump never did that to anyone. President Trump would let people squat in his buildings. He'd give them free rent. Uh, President Trump was a, a secret Santa behind the scenes. OK, this guy was doing good and not even asking people to recognize it. And so that makes it something that uh, the, the left and the system attack him for. They want to go after him because they know that the only way they can stop him maybe 
is by ruining him financially. President Trump's ability to give, President Trump's ability to dedicate himself to America, to saving America, is due in large part to his success as a businessman. So the American people look at what's being done to President Trump and they say, I am that man. I have been in President Trump's shoes. How many times has the state or the federal government come down and crushed a small business owner? It's basically exactly what they're doing here. And I'll tell you what, the state of New York and the city of New York, they are not doing themselves any favors. If I was a business owner operating in the state of New York, I would get the hell out of there, ASAP, because you never know what's going to happen. Are they going to find out you're a Trump supporter and they're going to come and try to destroy your business too? How many people have taken out loans before where they estimated how much money they make every year? Was it exactly what you made in the last year? Or was it a nice round number? Because who has their tax returns with them? President Trump also negotiated with the banks to determine what his actual net worth was. And so the banks knew. The banks were comfortable. The banks knew that by doing business with President Trump, they would get their money back. The people of New York would benefit from the business and the state of New York would get the revenue from that business as well. So this is an unprecedented act of lawfare that's been done against President Trump. And the people, the average everyday working man in America, understand that. And they are rallying behind President Trump in so many different ways. So look for this, 85 million votes. I don't know how many UAW votes there were in 2020. I don't know how many they went and gave to Joe Biden simply because they were told to. But I guarantee you, the vast majority of those people who are UAW members who are registered to vote are going to cast their ballot for President Trump. All right. So I want to talk about another uh, way that the system is attempting to kill and crush us, not just financially, not just monetarily, but they're doing it with your food. We've talked about this on so many different occasions, and I've been very honest uh, about every attempt that I can make to eat whole ingredients, to eat natural ingredients, to eat non-processed ingredients, and to eat organic ingredients. If you can grow your own food, you are probably in the best position ever. Lisa and I just harvested a couple of ruby red grapefruits off our tree today, and let me tell you, the best ruby red grapefruits I have ever eaten, not just because we grew them and I nurtured them and, and I basically created them with my own hands, my own hard work and time, but because they literally tasted delicious. They were the sweetest. They were the juiciest. I, I can never eat a ruby red grapefruit from the store ever again. Nine times out of 10, they're coming from another country. Nine times out of 10, they've also been irradiated. They've also been sprayed with some kind of uh, chemicals designed to keep them fresh. If you can grow your own food, you are in a very good position. And it's even more important in this story because we're talking about we're talking specifically about processed ingredients and processed ingredients that are made from oats. So that means Quaker oats, the vast majority of oatmeal, the vast majority of cereals. There is a contaminant, a chemical that is found quite literally in 92 percent of American foods that contain oats. Lisa and I just had to throw out a ton of stuff from our pantry. I'm not going to eat this, and you're going to find out why in just a second. There is a study that was recently done by the Environmental Working Group, and they published it in the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Epidemiology. They tested people 
And 80% of the people that were tested in this research group tested positive for this particular chemical. Uh, the study said that the chemical known as chlormaquat is an emerging contaminant with documented evidence of low-dose adverse health effects in animal studies. What that means is that the effects from consuming chlormaquat happen in very low doses. It doesn't take like a huge amount of them. And what do they do? Well, in animals, it's linked to infertility. Have anybody noticed the fact that America's birth rate is falling? We've actually had the largest population boom in decades, but that's only because Joe Biden has allowed tens of millions of illegals to come flooding into our country. It also adds to altered fetal growth and delayed puberty in children. Now, this is particularly insidious because cereal is a cost-effective and simple meal that many people eat on a daily basis. Uh, many people feed it to their children on a daily basis. Does the presence of chlormaquat have anything to do with the explosion of transgenderism and homosexuality in the United States? Does it have anything to do with children suddenly deciding that they are not supposed to be the, the sex, the gender that they were born? I don't know. But in animals, it screws up their systems. It screws up their hormones. And the last thing we need is men who don't produce testosterone and women who don't produce estrogen. And more than anything, people who are unable to have babies or babies that are born with horrific birth defects or are aborted naturally through the miscarriage process before they even have a chance to be born. So this is based on a set of samples that were taken from as far back as 2017. So this is not new. If you've been eating cereal, if you've been eating products with processed oats in them, chances are pretty good you have been consuming this chemical. The samples from 2017, 2018 to 2022 and from 2023. If we go back to the samples in 2017, 16 of 23 urine samples showed the presence of this chemical. The 2018 to 2022 tests found the chemical in 17 of 23 samples. But in the 2023 round, the sample was found in 45 of 50 samples. That is 90%. Overall, the chemical was found in 80% of the tests. But in today's numbers, we're talking 90% of the people who were tested are testing positive for this chemical. Now, this chemical is only allowed to be used on ornamental plants in the United States. So uh, we're talking, you know, flowers that you might buy or, or plants that you might keep around the house. But back in 2018, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency permitted the import of foods, which primarily in this case are grains, to have been treated by chlormaquat. Listen to this. It's illegal for farmers to spray their crops with chlormaquat here in the United States, but it's totally legal for us to have food imported from another country, like, I don't know, China, that has chlormaquat sprayed all over it. Why do they spray chlormaquat on grain if they know that it's going to cause birth defects and cause issues with puberty, cause children to be unable to have babies when they grow up? Well, it makes the oats easier to harvest. It it creates a shortening process in the stalks of the oats, so then they don't get too tall, they don't bend over, and then when they harvest them, it's just a much easier process. So the question I'm asking you guys, do you eat cereal? Do you eat Quaker oats? I love oatmeal. There is nothing I love more than waking up in the morning and making a power breakfast. Oatmeal, eggs, meat. Uh, I like to put some greens in there, saute them up. It's delicious. 
But now I got to find a source of oats. I got to find a source of cereal that doesn't have this in it. My question at the end of the day really now becomes, is our organic cereal even safe? Because do we know where these ingredients are coming from? Is it produced with American-made ingredients? If it is, if it's American, if it's produced here, well, then yes. But chances are pretty likely it's not. Chances are really good. In fact, 92% of the cereal that you're going to find there on the shelf is going to be contaminated with this chemical. This chemical, as I said, is used to decrease the height in grains. It makes it less likely to lean over, easier to harvest. So they detected this chemical in 92% of oat-based foods back in May of 2023. That includes the stuff you probably have in your in your uh, pantry, Quaker Oats, Cheerios. The fact that so many people are exposed to this chemical, it raises a lot of questions about the potential impact on public health. I would say people have been getting sicker, and we've just kind of been attributing it to the jab. Uh, but I think it's pretty likely that this is part of the general toxic tableau that all of us are eating on a daily basis. Uh, let me see. Uh, Andre says, Zach, this is insane. Thank you for sharing that. I was just eating honey bunches of oats yesterday. Yes, absolutely. It's terrible. All right. So I saw somebody saying something about organic. Uh, organic, all it means is that it's not made with chemicals and it's not made with pesticides. So it's really uh, a mitigation when it comes to certain types of foods. To be quite honest with you, the best food you should eat is natural whole ingredients that you're making yourself because then you know exactly what's in it. If you get organic vegetables from the supermarket, it's not going to have pesticides. It's not going to have additives. It is going to be healthier for you than eating uh, vegetables that have been supersized because of, uh, you know, all kinds of nasty stuff they put into it. But, you know, if you're eating processed foods, it's just as pretty much just as bad. Uh, but, you know, hopefully you're not going to have chemicals in it. So the study's bottom line is that we need to do more research because there is no research to determine what happens when humans eat this chemical. And you're talking about the biggest food companies in the United States, General Mills, uh, PepsiCo, uh, and the EPA now is being confronted with the question, why is this in food that is being served to American people uh, if they're not allowed to use it, if farmers aren't allowed to use it? And again, it all goes back to our food sources being sourced from outside the country. It's a national security threat. It is a health security threat for us to be sourcing our food from other countries that do not have the sorts of standards that we have here. But I ask the question now of the EPA, what are what good are you? What is the necessity of the Environmental Protection Agency if we have different rules for the food grown here in the United States versus food that is allowed to be imported from other countries around the world? You know, again, United States, we're pretty much the only country that allows genetically modified organisms to be served to us at the dinner table. Uh, there's probably nothing worse for you than genetically modified organisms. Bugs are not even going to be eaten genetically modified corn. Uh, Rumble chat is frozen on screen. Okay, thank you very much for that, Andre. Let me get it fixed. Mm. Okay. All right, boom. Is the pill chat? Yes, the pill chat's good. Okay. Uh Gerda Fagadier, I've eaten six eggs and beef sausage every day for breakfast for the past several years now. I, I think eggs are, are way better for you than they would have us believe. There's all this talk about like heart disease and cholesterol and stuff. I eat practically nothing but 
like animal products and uh, and vegetables and stuff. But I eat a ton of eggs. I eat a ton of uh, meats. And uh, my heart, my cardiovascular system is just fine. I, I got nothing wrong with me. Uh, I think that there is there are certain nutrients available in eggs that they don't want you to be fully stocked in. And so, you know, take a look at what they tell you to stop eating. Oh, stop drinking milk. Stop eating butter. Stop eating eggs. But they want you to eat margarine. They want you to eat drink skim milk, which has all the nutrients and the fats drained off of it. No, no. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. And they're telling you to eat a ton of sugar and a ton of grains and stuff. All of that stuff is not good for you. It's definitely not going to make you uh, healthy. It's not going to balance your diet. So we have some serious toxicological concerns associated with chlormaquat. Again, in animal studies and widespread exposure to the general population in European countries now in the United States, we need to monitor the chlormaquat in foods and also the amount of it that's in people. Uh, There needs to be studies done on this stuff, and we need to be angrily demanding that the food we eat here in the United States is not contaminated with this or anything else. Uh, They seriously don't care about what they feed us. All right. So, yes, only pasteurized organic eggs. I also make sure that I eat free-range eggs. Those taste better. People say that they may not, but uh, you've got to eat foods from animals that are raised naturally, off the land, off the land. You know, um, in, like, commercial farms, they feed cows, like, corn, basically. It's just, like, grain and stuff. And cows are not meant to eat that, and they have a very short lifespan as a result of it. Like, they pretty much, like, bring them through, they grow them up, they kill them, they slaughter them. And if they keep them alive longer than that, cows can develop ulcers in their, in their like, through their body. It's terrible. It's it's really cruel. Uh, Kitsko says, wrong department, Zach. FDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, okay, the, the FDA is Food and Drug Administration, but the EPA regulates chemicals and, uh, and, and chemicals that end up in our food. So the FDA would be, hold on, uh, if you try Kalmut oats, it's a different grain used to make an oat-like grain. It's a different grain, but it cooks and tastes like oatmeal, also higher in protein, not sure how it's cultivated. Okay, Kalmut, Kalmut oats. All right, I will look into that. Thank you very much, because I definitely need a replacement for my steel-cut Quaker oats. Uh, Let me just put that here. Uh, All right, sweet. All right, so we have a groundbreaking new study that has just been revealed, pretty much confirming everything we have thought about the jab. Uh, They looked at vaccinations among 99 million people. And, of course, it reveals a massive increase in neurological, blood, and heart conditions all associated with the mRNA clot shots. This was a multinational study, and it was produced by the Global Vaccine Data Network. Uh, And researchers were looking to shed a little bit of light on the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines among these 99 million vaccinated individuals. Uh, It looked at people in a number of different countries. Uh, They were hoping to check on uh, what adverse health effects uh, might be of special interest, uh, specifically following the immediate aftermath of getting the COVID-19 vaccines. I think they were looking to see if these things are safe. Are they secure? Uh, Are they going to be good for you? Well, we already know the answers to that. The study was produced in Western nations, it looks like. Denmark, New Zealand, Argentina, Canada, both Ontario and British Columbia, Finland, Australia, New South Wales and Victoria and Scotland. 
so this was also published uh, by the world's leading scientific publisher and data analytics company for more than 140 years. They're called Elsevier. So you can trust the information. As they say, trust the science. Now, I wonder if they will try to cancel Elsevier after 140 years of being the premier reporter of data like this. So the study confirmed that uh, there are quite a few safety signals for conditions like myocarditis, pericarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, that's the paralyzation of the faces that we've seen, cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, and they also identified potential new safety signals that warrant further investigation. So According to the study, 99,068,901 vaccinated individuals analyzing the administration of, get this, 183,559,462 doses of Pfizer, 36,178,442 doses of Moderna, and 23,093,399 doses of Oxford or AstraZeneca vaccines. So they chose 13 health issues to keep a close eye on after people got their COVID-19 clot shots. And the health issues they're watching were picked from a list that was made by a group called the Brighton Collaboration SPEAC project. So they chose these specific issues because they're the same ones for which a lot of recent data on how common they are uh, was collected by a number of different research sites. So to identify the issues, they used a standardized system of medical codes. It's called ICD-10. And among the issues that they were focusing on, there were several neurological conditions like Guillain-Barre. That's a rare nerve disorder, if you don't know. Transverse myelitis, which is inflammation of the spinal cord. Bell's palsy, another uh, paralyzation of the face. Sudden facial muscle weaknesses. Also, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. That is a brief but widespread attack of inflammation in the brain and spinal cord. And then also seizures, obviously compul- or convulsions that can happen with or without fever. But obviously, they're paying special attention to these because there have been so many reports of them that have come out specifically after people got vaccinated. Now, not to fear, they are also looking at blood clotting issues, including clotting in the brain's veins, clots in the abdomen, clots in the lungs. Uh, there could also be signs of a rare clotting problem specifically linked to the vaccine. We've heard about this. We, I've got a crazy video I'm going to show you in just a moment. But there's also issues with low platelet, platelet count and then also a specific immune response, which is the cause of low platelets, immune thrombocytopenia. So all of these are being watched. Lastly, and probably most uh, uh, well-published, is myocarditis and pericarditis. These are heart inflammations. Uh, These obviously have to be closely monitored. This is probably the reason we see a lot of young people that are dropping dead out of nowhere. Uh, And speaking of which, they say it's not from the vax, but the former CEO of YouTube, Susan Wiswicki, her 19-year-old son died while away at college. Pretty interesting, That he seems like he'd be part of the group of people who would be vaxxed and his family was very quick to say that it was not vaccine related. It was drug related. We believe he took a drug and it killed him as an overdose. Never thought I would see a day where a family would be rushing to claim that it was a drug overdose. But every single one of these health issues was looked at individually to see how often 
they were taking place after vaccination. So here is what the study found uh, and uh, how how certain health issues showed up after people got their COVID-19 vaccinations. Let's look at neurological conditions first. So after the first dosage of the AstraZeneca vaccine, there was a noticeable increase in Guillain-Barre syndrome. This the, the body's nervous system was attacked by the body's immune system. Uh, that acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, that's the rare brain and spinal cord inflammation. It also tended to pop up a lot more than expected after the first Moderna dose. And then the other neurological issues like the transverse myelitis, the spon, uh, excuse me, the spinal cord inflammation, the Bell's palsy, also facial paralysis, and then seizures. These occurred a lot more than usual after some doses of that particular vaccine. Now, blood clots. Uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine, the first dose, it has been linked to more cases of cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, CVST. That's the blood clot in the brain. A lot more than they expected it would happen. There were also more cases of low platelet counts and pulmonary embolism. That is blood clots in the lungs. That was after some of the AstraZeneca doses, Pfizer and Moderna. And then some of the vaccines also led to an increase in SVT, which is splanchnic vein thrombosis. That's another type of blood clot. All blood clots, though. Uh, after a number of doses of that, there, there were some findings that didn't signal a major safety concern according to the study's criteria, but it was still something that happened. Now, the heart conditions. Cases of myocarditis, that's heart inflammation, were significantly higher than expected after the first, second, and third doses of mRNA-specific vaccines. Pfizer and Moderna are examples. Pericarditis, that's the inflammation of the heart's outer layer. Those cases also exceeded expectations after some doses of Moderna and after a third dose of AstraZeneca's vaccine. The heart-related findings were considered important safety signals that obviously need attention. The study noticed that after getting certain COVID-19 vaccines, some people were experiencing heart issues, health issues, blood clots, a lot more than they expected. You can read the entire study if you want, and I'm going to uh, copy the link to that and drop it. Yes, basically, as Kick Dreaming says, clot shots kill people. I don't see I don't think there's any other way that you can put it. And for anybody out there who was lucky enough to have taken the jab and not had any health issues, I will continue to keep you and anybody else who did in my prayers. Uh, I sincerely hope that none of these things pop up for the people who have lost their lives as a result of it. Uh, obviously, continue to pray for them, too, but also pray for justice because they deserve it. They're no longer here. They can't speak for themselves. And the criminals in the covid industrial complex, as far as I'm concerned, are 100 percent guilty of killing those people. They knew exactly what was going to happen. Now, take a look at this. So this is a video showing one of these white fibrous clots. This is being pulled from someone's jugular vein. Uh, now, I don't know if the person is alive that it's being taken from, but this is definitely a person. This is a real body. This is someone's jugular vein, and this clot is being pulled out live on camera. And you can hear the people who are performing the operation talk about it as they're doing it. And they, they comment on the odd nature of these white clots. Let's go ahead and listen. Oh no, there it is. 
big that thing is that is a full blockage a full blockage of that person's jugular and i've seen people this person is dead watch this on infowars okay thank you very much appreciate that i mean i would assume that they would be dead but i mean it looks like they're in an operating setting um oh you know what no i can see that they yeah they probably wouldn't be using this um uh, this string if this person was alive. So, yes, I mean, this is uh, all unfortunately an all too familiar case. Uh, this has happened quite a bit. I'm sure you guys have seen the isolated images of these clots as they've been or excuse me, after they've been pulled out. This is the first time I've ever seen one pulled out live in a setting like this. Um, but it goes to show you that uh, there is no safe way to take the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, now, I did want to Check back on the situation with Fannie Willis, because we had two days of testimony in the hearings last week. And now the judge, Scott McAfee, is uh, going to be ruminating over everything he heard, the evidence that's been presented. Keep in mind, there was additional evidence that could not be shown publicly in the court. It would be reviewed by Judge McAfee in an in-camera setting. All that means is that he's going to be watching it, viewing it, reading it, listening to it privately inside of his office. I wanted to show you this tweet because this was the funniest take, like the hottest take that I've ever seen on Fannie Willis's time in the courtroom. Now, you guys saw it. We, We watched some of it here on the channel. I'm sure you probably watched more of it, not on my channel. And if I was going to describe Fannie Willis's uh, appearance in court on Friday, uh, I certainly wouldn't call her uh, demeanor commendable. But that's what this guy did. This guy is somehow he's running for Congress. He's like a BLM dude. Uh, he, he calls himself a disruptor and a BLM activist targeted by the FBI. Uh, if you were targeted by the FBI, you'd probably be in jail, buddy. That's uh, that's what the, the FBI does when they when they target people. But he says Fannie Willis in the courtroom in discussing the situation with Fannie Willis. It's noteworthy to mention her commendable demeanor throughout the process. If I was watching the same testimony, then I seem to remember the judge actually stopping the proceeding to essentially tell Fannie Willis that she was basically a hostile witness at that point. Uh, he even she she was really giving it back to Ashley Merchant, the uh, lawyer for Michael Roman. I would say Ashley kept her cool. She had a commendable demeanor. Uh, Fannie Willis, she came out swinging. I also want to remind people that she did not need to be there. In fact, they didn't even know if she was going to testify. She rolled up into court, stomped her way in. And uh, essentially, like, threw herself at the mercy of the court right there in front of everybody. She didn't need to be there. She did not have to testify, but she went ahead and did it. She was rude. She was disrespectful. She certainly did not have the affect 
of a prosecutor. No, she she seemed like a hostile defense witness. And uh, she also, if I may, if I may be so bold as to say so, wore her dress backwards. Now, I, I don't know, maybe she was having a little tate tate getting her biscuits buttered by Nathan right before she came into court. Maybe she didn't realize, but any women out there can look at this dress and tell you that your dress doesn't zip in the front. It zips in the back. Maybe Fannie Willis is just that clueless, or maybe she just had a really bad day and she threw her dress on backwards. Now, you might say to yourself, how do I know that dress is meant to go on uh, in the other direction? Well, again, you know, I've spoken to a number of women about this, and I've actually, you know, seen a fair number of women in dresses, the zippers in the back. But here is the actual dress that Fannie Willis was wearing, and you can clearly see that the woman modeling this dress uh, does not have a zipper in front. In fact, uh, she's got the zipper in the back. And all of these lines match up. The brand matches up. Here it is off. And uh, I'm just wondering, did anybody else catch that? It's not based on brand. It is, uh, no, imported. Okay, so you're talking about the oats still. Yes, yeah, it, it's imported. It's not just the brand. It's just, it just so happens that the major brand's Having oats in their products are contaminated with this stuff. And the reason I said it that way was to show you how difficult it is to not eat this stuff if you are eating products that contain processed oats. So uh, I don't know. There, there's no markings on products that say, you know, does not contain chloramquat. Uh, the only way to make sure that you're not eating it is to not eat oats that are imported uh, from another country. But yes, Fannie Willis wore her dress backwards. It was a bad look, and um, she is in some serious trouble. Jonathan Turley had some great analysis over the weekend, and I just wanted to go over some of uh, the highlights from that. Now, as I said, Judge Scott McAfee, he is now in the point where he's deliberating on exactly what he saw, exactly what he heard. The main allegations are Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade failed to admit their relationship in a number of official settings. That is a breach of ethics. Uh, number two, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade profited financially from their position in the DA's office of Fulton County. Nathan Wade profited by getting hired by his girlfriend. Fannie Willis hired, Fannie Willis profited by hiring her boyfriend, who then spent thousands of dollars lavishly upon her for trips, cruises, first class airfare, dinner, you know, uh, probably home. He, Nathan Wade might have bought her that dress for all I know. I don't know. It's also worth mentioning that their argument that she paid him back on entirely in cash simply doesn't hold water. That's exactly what a criminal would say. Uh, it's let's say the IRS uh, comes and uh, and and asks you to show proof that you paid someone for something. Well, I paid him in cash. Okay, so how are you going to prove it? Well, you can't. It's a very, very convenient thing. And nine times out of ten, the government is not going to believe that. So the judge has a, a, a couple of things to consider here. Most importantly, the fact that they lied in court filings uh, and they did not disclose their relationship when it began, not only when they say it began, but certainly not when – Multiple witnesses who impeached their testimony uh, testified themselves that it began back in 2019. Uh, they've set themselves up for a, a real pickle. Judge Scott McAfee could refer them to the Georgia State Board, and they could both be disbarred. 
uh, at a minimum. I think we're looking at Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade being removed from this case. But even more than that, it will now be impossible to prosecute in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office because this will have impeached and uh, uh, completely destroyed the reputation of this case. No one in that office is going to be able to prosecute it at all. So we may see Fannie Willis not only lose her law license, but... It's possible she may end up being charged with perjury as well. I think at a minimum, this case is not going to proceed any further. Now, speaking of women behaving badly, Nikki Haley continues to give us some memeable moments from the 2024 election season. She was interviewed over the weekend and she made a bold prediction that a woman is going to be the next president of the United States of America. It's either going to be Nikki or Kamala. You better figure out who you're going to pick plebs because the deep state is not going to allow you to choose anyone else. Well, not so fast, Nikki Haley. She made this bold declaration on ABC News's program this week, and she's narrowed it down. It's either going to be her or Kamala. Obviously, she thinks that she is going to be the nominee. I think she's got another thing coming, and she thinks that Kamala is going to be the nominee because Joe Biden's clearly not in a position to continue running for the office. Uh, she made this audacious claim, uh, and she also claimed that Trump – who is beating Biden in every poll, is not going to win. I'd also like to remind Nikki Haley that Trump is beating Nikki Haley in every poll as well. Donald Trump is already the nominee. Nikki Haley simply has not allowed herself to admit the truth. Now, this is the other memeable moment that Nikki Haley had over the weekend. This was pretty funny. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. So on Twitter, she tweeted out, 12 fellas down, one to go. Now, there was no context that was offered with it. It was simply a statement, 12 fellas down, one to go. And you know where my mind went. I would imagine I know where your minds went as well. Nikki Haley has been pilloried for her infidelities. She has cheated on her husband on so many different occasions. The man's a war hero. He was serving overseas, and she was scrumping in the back of her official gubernatorial limousine in a public park somewhere. Nikki Haley is a slore. That's a combination of a slut and a whore. And the idea that Nikki Haley had 12 fellas down, one to go, uh, I, I think a lot of people saw Nikki Haley seated on a couch surrounded by a bunch of muscle-bound dudes with a big smile on her face. Um, I, I think that she was probably referring to people who had previously been running for president. So she's saying that everybody else dropped out and now Trump needs to drop out. That'll be the 13th fella down. Nikki Haley has two brain cells and they're both fighting for third place. <laughs> Thank you, Andre. I think you're right. I think you're right. Now, uh, of course, the replies, the replies to Nikki Haley's tweet were simply the best. It really made my Sunday. Uh, music, country music icon John Rich, uh, he said, that's a lot of notches, uh, of course, referring to notches on her belt. Uh, the right to bear memes put this out. Uh, Nikki Haley after her 12th fella. I didn't hear no bell. Uh, and then, of course, you have this classic, which I'm sure everybody has seen. Oh, the hot dogs in the face. That's Nikki every Saturday night. Does your husband know about these fellas? <laughs> then this one. You guys remember this? This is that police officer who is basically having an affair with every other male officer in the department. 
And it came out and she lost her job and her husband was like, oh, I knew about it. I was totally cool with it. What kind of a husband is going to allow that to happen? Mm. Anyways, amateur. (laughs) A lot more than 12 there. So at at the time this article was written, there were more than 10,000 people who (laughs) responded to Nikki Haley's tweet. Virtually all of them were some sort of sexual innuendo. Uh, And if you want to go through and read it, I I would say that you're probably going to have a a pretty good laugh. Uh, Developing Nikki Haley staff are using TweetDeck for the first time, just scheduled all of Haley's posts for the week to drop within the hour. We are on 26 tweets in less than 40 minutes. Hold on. Oh, oh. of course, Russia's not our friend, NATO allies, when I was governor, securing the border, Donald Trump needs to answer. Oh, man, that staffer is getting fired. I wonder if it's the same staffer who posted the fake support messages that we talked about a week or so ago. Nikki Haley, yeah, she truly is a bird brain. She's not doing too good. And this is really, really funny. Mm. I absolutely love it. All right, you guys, uh, before we get into the next portion of the show, I just want to give a shout out to the sponsors of the second half of the program. And of course, that's going to be my friends over here at Oneness Drops. OneNessDrops.com, where you can get your chlorine dioxide water purification kits, parts A and B. Chlorine dioxide is a disinfectant. It will clean water, make it safe to drink if it's from a non-potable source. So you can get dirty water and essentially make clean water from virtually any source that you want to. It'll kill viruses, bacteria, whole bunch of nasty, creepy crawlies. And uh, it's definitely something that you want to have on hand just in case the proverbial ish hits the fan. So head on over to onenessdrops.com, use code RP78 to save 15% off your order now and every single time that you order. Uh, And then also our friend Mike Lindell at MyPillow.com also use code RP78 to save up to 80% off of every single one of Mike Lindell's amazing American-made products. The pillows may be lumpy, but they are comfy as all get out. Don't say that to Mike. He doesn't like it when people say that. But look, they've got actual supplements now that they're selling. Uh, Mike Lindell pretty much is making a one-stop shop for a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Everything for your bed, everything for your bathroom, everything for your comfort. Whether it's the towels or the mattresses or the Giza dream sheets or the pillows, of course, the slippers, use code RP78 to save the most amount that you possibly can, up to 80%. So thank you to Mike Lindell for continuing to support Red Pill News here on Red Pill 78 and to support our efforts to secure the elections here in America. And then finally, head on over to preparewithredpill78.com. Right now, My Patriot Supply, you can save up to $60 off a four week supply of emergency food, breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. These are meals that have over 2,000 total calories a day. Uh, you basically have 25 different varieties of food, I believe, and then you also can store them for up to 25 years. So if you have emergency food on hand, you will never have to worry about the uh, the supply of food. Uh, if you are unable to leave your home or if there's some sort of an emergency or perhaps society just falls apart, you're going to want to have uh, emergency food at home as well as the ability to make water and, of course, the ability to sleep well at night. Because you're comfy, you know that Donald Trump is coming back and we together are going to save America. So thank you very much to my pillow. Thank you to Prepare with Red Pill 78. And thank you to onenessdrops.com. And of course, thank you to you guys 
for your support, your continued support of the channel, for helping me in my mission to bring quality information, truthful content to you virtually every single day, six days a week. If you haven't yet, check out my website, redpill78news.com. Follow me on all of the requisite social media platforms at redpill78. All right, so we have some new information about the shooting that took place in Kansas City. Initially, there was a man in a red jumpsuit that was identified as one of the shooters. It turns out that he actually wasn't one of the shooters, and now he is fighting to have his uh, identity restored, basically. You know, people are calling him and, and saying, you know, hey, you're a killer, and, and it's not him. It was two kids. There were three people who arrested, but that one guy in the red, apparently he had nothing to do with it. Now, we actually do have video here. I was sent this by the people who reached out to me over the weekend, and then this article came out today, and so it was a convenient way to go ahead and show it off. But the the interaction that led to the shooting was captured on video, and uh, we're going to go ahead and watch it. Uh, it was pretty awful. Where is it? Hang on. Uh, this is it right here. This is it right here. Okay. So it looks like they, they got into a fight. Somebody grabs him, holds him. And it was after this interaction that the actual fighting began. There is a guy in red. Woman in All right, so I have to be honest. No, I thought that was different. So that was one of the shooters that was tackled. So where is the video of the interaction? Well, uh, I think maybe they actually uh, titled this article wrong because that was the guy getting tackled after the shooting. And, uh, okay, well, I apologize. Uh, Fake news. Fake news. Hold on just a second. Let me. uh... You are fake news. All right. So bad information. Retraction. Retraction. All right, so uh, this one actually did happen. I'm guaranteeing you. Um, This was confirmed over the weekend. I learned about it last week, and I didn't talk about it yet because I didn't know the circumstances of it. But Mitch McConnell's sister, uh, Angela Chow, died in a car accident. Uh, She drowned in a car accident. I guess her car went into a pond That's a little odd. Ponds are usually not too deep. They can be deep. But all we knew at the time of the announcement was that the sister of Mitch McConnell's wife had died in a tragic car accident. Uh, Elaine Chow is Mitch McConnell's wife. She was the U.S. Transportation Secretary under Donald Trump. uh, And she was also CEO of the Dry Bulk Company, the foremost group, with deep connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Angela Chow was the CEO. In a statement from the group that she was CEO over, uh, of, it said that she died in a tragic car accident, but there was no details. I, I tried finding video. I tried finding police reports. I couldn't find anything. But now, a week later, we learned that the sheriff's office uh, that actually found her vehicle – Uh, say that she had died after her car went into a pond located on a private ranch 
40 miles outside of Austin, Texas. This is the Blanco County Sheriff's Department. Uh, I guess that EMS crews responded to a possible water rescue on this private ranch. They said on arrival, Blanco County Sheriff's deputies, along with Blanco County EMS and fire, recovered the body of Angela Chow from a pond on the ranch. They attempted to do emergency procedures, but she had succumbed from being underwater. Now, uh, since it's a private ranch, we don't have any pictures. We don't have any, uh, I guess, you know, information from inside. But does anybody else think this is weird? You know, a, a private ranch, it was probably a, a large estate. Uh, who's to say who actually put her in that water? How did she end up in a private pond on a private ranch and totally drowns in the middle of a pond. It kind of, I mean, there's, your, your mind goes a lot of different places, right? Uh, I mean, initially, considering the fact that she is connected to the Chinese Communist Party and also connected to the Senate majority leader, excuse me, minority leader, I think it's highly possible that this woman was murdered. Uh, I mean, all she, all they would have to do would be to put her in her car, put the seatbelt on her, knock her out, maybe drug her. Push her car into the pond. Maybe just put your foot on the accelerator and then it'll take itself in there. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know anything else. This is all they're telling us. But let's see if we can find uh, Elaine. Oh, no, excuse me. Angela Chow. Angela Chow Pond Death. Let's see if we can find a picture or a video. Yeah. Okay, so this is the closest thing that I'm seeing with a picture, but I'm not even certain that it's actually – yeah, and there's nothing there really. Yeah, so it, it seems like they're keeping it under wraps. There's – um, well, okay, so could have smacked her head and was unconscious, but of course ranches in Texas can be deadly. Ah, see, that's that's where – that's initially what I was thinking, you know, private ranch in Texas? I mean it's, you're out in the middle of nowhere. How easy is it to kill someone? But – we don't have pictures of the car. We don't have the circumstances surrounding how her car got into that water. And it sounds like she was alone. But if she was on a private ranch, she was clearly visiting someone. There must have been other people there. Someone would have called 911. I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to wait to find out what happened. I don't know that we're going to, though. Mm. All right. So I had mentioned President Trump. The tremendous support he's receiving from the people. And this is where we get into the situation taking place right now in New York. I guess a GoFundMe has been set up to help President Trump pay his legal fees. Uh, they've raised over $200,000 in one day. And let's see where they're at right now. Uh, geez, oh, Pete's. Now it's $532,219. That is a lot of money. That is a lot of money, and it's, it's it's barely barely a percentage of what President Trump owes. Now, I don't think he's going to have to pay that. Of course, he is going to have to pay his legal bills in the meantime. Now, the 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 GoFundMe was set up by a woman named uh, Elena Cardone. You may remember her last name. She's the wife of Grant Cardone. Grant is kind of a controversial figure, and he's also a fan of suing people, so I don't want to say too much, but you can find a lot of information about Grant Cardone out there. Um, so Elena set this up. 
uh, as a supporter of President Trump and uh, and you know what he's doing, obviously, and the the hellacious deal that he's received in the state of New York, and she wants to make sure that he's able to pay all of his bills. Now, I believe President Trump already has the means to pay his bills, but I think it's a nice effort, uh, and certainly she means well. Uh, the only thing I can say is I hope that all of that money goes to help President Trump. Now, this is in my mind a much more concrete an effective way to help President Trump. So over the weekend, we got this report that truckers were planning to stop shipments into NYC so that they could raise awareness about Judge Ngorin's unfair $364 million judgment against President Trump, his family, and of course, his children. I had actually heard that maybe they might actually be shutting down Manhattan altogether, posting trucks up at all of the entry and exit points into the island and essentially sealing it off. Now, I got to be honest. I mean, I think that that might have raised hackles a little bit more than just stopping the shipments into the city. This is really a nonviolent way to get the attention of officials and, of course, uh, the people who may be willing to do something about this or at least uh, be willing to consider doing something about it. But if we look back, it's been truckers uh, all along that we've talked about having the power to really control the flow of goods and services here in the United States. The trucker convoy up in Canada, the trucker convoy that went to D.C. Uh, now truckers are, I guess, refusing to go into the city of New York uh, until this grotesque $364 million judgment against President Trump is reversed. Uh, now, there is uh, there really is no other group of people that I can think of in America that could have the potential uh, to truly make life difficult for elected officials and judicial officials there in the city of New York. Uh, Philly Q says seeing escape from New York, predictive programming escape from New York is such a good movie. I love that movie. All right. So I guess this all started when a trucker by the name of Chicago Ray uh, had put out a video on social media. This is where he was explaining how truckers were planning to stop delivering uh, to the city of New York. Let's go ahead and uh, – no, this is a different trucker. Where is oh, – none of these are linking. What is going on? Okay. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. They deleted it. That's why it's not linking. Wow. I, maybe they um, – <laughs> Maybe maybe they deleted his account. Wow. Huh, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, they deleted all of them. All right, well, this is what he said in the video. I've been on the radio talking to drivers for the last hour and 15 minutes, and I've talked to at least 10 drivers going the other way. I'm heading down from South Wisconsin, and the other truckers are going to start refusing loads to New York City starting on Monday. I talked to about three guys that I work with who texted the boss and told him they are not going to New York City. I don't know how far across the country this is or how many truckers are going to start denying goods or going to New York City. But I'll tell you what, motherfucker, you fuck around, you find out. Pardon my language. This is him. Okay, we are tired of you mother effing leftists effing around with Donald Trump. You know mother effers are starting to get tired of this shit and our bosses don't care if we're denying the loads to New York. We'll go somewhere else. I don't wish nothing on nobody, but what I'm hearing, this is real. You know, we'll see. 
Leave Trump the F alone with this bullshit. All right. You know, you know what? You ain't got shit on Trump. So cut the bullshit. He's going to win this mother effer on appeal, but it's still, you know, it's bullshit. It's election interference. I hate to say it, but truckers are for Trump. We are like 95, 96% out here. All Trump ain't no mother effers for Biden. I'll let you know what else I hear on Monday when it rolls around. I'll see you down the road. <laughs> oh God, I love it. Okay. Uh, Brian Murphy says, Zach, mom, uh, love your show. Uh, oh, mom loves your show and says, keep giving the deep state globalist Satanists H E double hockey sticks. You're the best, a true Patriot. Keep up the good fight. Thank you so much to Brian and his mother for watching the show. Appreciate you guys out there. So there was also another trucker, I guess, who ran for Congress against, uh, Adam Kinzinger, uh, in Illinois. And, uh, and he put out a video about this too. They did not delete his account though. Let's listen. Hi, everyone. My name is Jack Lombardi. I ran for Congress against Adam Kinzinger originally. That's how I got involved. Because the writing was on the wall. There was an element within our government that worked against the will of the people. Chicago Ray checking in. Oh, I was muted. Uh, you know, since I talked to you last time, a couple hours ago, uh, I got back on the radio, been listening, been talking to a few guys. I fixed it. This is real, man. There's, there's guys that ain't going. I talked to a guy, he, had a, he denied a refrigerator load. Okay, which... You know, refrigerators going to New York City, that, that's pretty good, man. That, that's pretty good money. Okay, so I got to give that guy his credit for that. But, um, you know, if this goes longer than a week, like they're saying, man, New York City better start stocking up. <laughs> and they better start stocking up now. Okay. All right. Now, one thing I want to say. Uh, the first chat in the chat when I published the video was that bad idea. No, don't do this. Bad idea. That person probably lives in New York. Now he had a 45 in his name. I think it was Joey something 45. Um, and, uh, and I understand. All right. You live in New York. You need food. You need goods. You need services. All right. You're going to feel some pain. I am asking you to willingly give up the comfort and the security of having goods delivered to you as long as the deep state continues to attack President Trump. You need a refrigerator? 
you can probably go get one yourself. Rent a van, go pick one up in New Jersey or wherever you got to go. At least, at least, band together. The only way that we can overcome the deep state is by joining together, by transcending the political boundaries, the racial boundaries, the gender boundaries, the uh, whatever else uh, they've set up for us to keep us separated. We have to be united. We have to come together as one because we are so much more powerful than this bureaucratic state that seeks to destroy us. But if we're fractured, if we're weak, if we're not willing to stand our ground, then they will beat us. If we stand together, if we stand united, if the 95, 96 percent of truckers that support President Trump refuse to enter that city, take a load to North Carolina, take a load to New Jersey, take your loads anywhere else, but don't go to New York. Make the corrupt officials of New York feel the pain in the same way they have made you feel the pain in the same way they've made President Trump feel the pain. Stand united. If we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. And my friends, if there was ever a time for us to join together, this is it. This is it. They need to know how much power we have. They need to know that when they F around, they will find out. And this is the perfect way to do it. Uh, Let me see. Looking good down here, RP. Can't believe how much you've changed since this all started. By the way, where we go one, we go all. Thank you so much, Rogue. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, Spike also says, I often insult cities like New York and Chicago, but I understand and appreciate there are plenty of based people there in those cities. That's the thing. The people of these cities, they're, they're victims of this. It's the it's the bureaucratic system, the red tape, deep state nightmare that makes up the governments of these cities. You know, I don't think these people, you know, New York is revolting right now against the, quote, migrant crisis. Chicago is revolting. The people are based. The people are Trump. They will be supporting President Trump. And I would not be surprised if we don't see a massive red wave in these traditionally Democrat strongholds. Now, I know they cheat. They cheat a lot. But the people, if you live in New York, if you live in Chicago, you need to make sure that you get out there and vote. You need to make sure that you stand up for your principles. Stand up for what you believe in. Tell these people that you are not going to accept what they're going to do to you. Look at this. Oh, President Trump. Here is President Trump is inside. God, President Trump looks disheveled there. What's going on? This is probably right after he came out of the courtroom with that $364 million verdict. Oh, my God. Oh, we got to stand together, guys. We got to stand together and we need to let them know that this is not going to go well for them. And I feel like it's such an easy thing. You know, I. I could I could go a couple of weeks without ordering anything. I'll tell you what, I will have nothing else delivered to the house as long as the truckers continue to boycott New York City. Uh, I I won't I won't order anything. I won't have anything delivered. And if I go to the store and they don't have something that I need, I will go without it. Okay, I'm just asking you guys to do the same thing. Stand with these truckers. Stand with them and stand with President Trump. All right. All right. So. Uh, 
Kick Draymond says, we are very conscious here in New York, the real New Yorkers, not the permanent tourists, a.k.a. hipsters. Yeah, not the, the Williamsburg crew. Yeah, those people are there probably on mommy and daddy's dime. Uh, also, of course, the uh, the the white uh, Park Avenue elites. Who will never open up their penthouse apartments to a gaggle of illegals. Mm-mm. They want the schmucks on Long Island. They want the Queens crew to take them in. No, not the Manhattanites. They're not going to be willing to stand for it. And of course, those people are not schmucks. This is me talking as a Park Avenue elite. All right. Uh, so let's talk about Peter Schweitzer's new book. Peter Schweitzer is a boss. I love this guy. I've loved his work for so long. He has written so many good political exposés. His latest one is called Blood Money. Uh, and it is soon to be released. It is a, another revelation uh, it's got a lot of supporting evidence. Nine hundred and nine, excuse me, nine hundred and thirty-nine endnotes, eighty-nine pages. There are no unnamed sources. Everything inside this book is coming from leaked documents from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. These are government employees who are sick and tired of the deep state nightmare that's currently destroying America. You've also got pages pages that have been leaked from the DHS, from the DOJ. You've even got restricted Chinese military documents and reports, leaked Mexican internal communications, internal communications from U.S. officials, Chinese corporate records. This is all about taking down the Bidens. U.S. senators, members of Congress, Capitol Hill staffers, all are reportedly already privately discussing the national security implications of this book and the embargoed revelations. I have read the book, Jason Chaffetz tweeted on Friday. This will rock Washington, D.C. Shocking revelations, source materials backing up the facts. This is not just innuendo. This is not just D.C. water cooler talk. This is the sauce about how corrupt the Biden crime family is. Why the powerful? Turn a blind eye while China kills Americans. Look at this. The, some of the worst offenders. If you don't know who Peter Schweitzer is, he's at Breitbart. He's a senior news contributor. He's also the president of the Government Accountability Institute. He's also a seven times New York Times bestselling investigative journalist. He's written books that have sparked FBI investigations, led to the resignation of members of Congress. He has been the driving force behind bipartisan congressional anti-corruption reform laws. Some of his past work includes Secret Empires, Profiles in Corruption, Red Handed. He's written about the Clintons. Oh, man. He's written a lot of good stuff. But this latest book specifically is about the infiltration of China into the United States of America and how our political elites sell us out on a daily basis. I can't wait to get it. I can't wait to read it. And I cannot wait for these people to be squirming in their boots. I see people talking about uh, truckers boycotting D.C. or maybe encircling. I wish they would have encircled D.C. when they went there before. I thought that's what they were going to do. Hmm. The hour of action. That's right. Tremendous. <laughs> All right. So 
Uh, getting back to the work of Yehuda Miller that we've been reporting on for the last several weeks. Yehuda has been doing great work. He's been getting uh, a lot of information from FOIA requests. We've also recently been talking about Chris Krebs, Chris Krebs from CISA and his testimony where he claimed that the 2020 election was uh, the most safe and secure in the history of America. Well, guess what? More revelations coming from Pfizer document releases that Yehuda Miller has been able to get. We already knew that the Iranian government had made efforts to uh, impede the 2020 election. Uh, there was a report a couple of years back about some emails that were going around uh, making claims about Proud Boys and then making claims about BLM. It was all coming from Iran. Well, we have new revelations that show us that uh, CISA Chris Krebs, uh, they lied about this election, that Iran directly tried to influence the 2020 election. And uh, although CISA may describe it as the most safe and secure election in history, uh, they are lying. They are obviously lying. And CISA's true important function in the election was to help shut down accounts like mine and yours that were trying to raise the alarm bells about the state of the 2020 election. So uh, we got this new information about Iran, and uh, th we also went over that election infrastructure security report that came out where CISA proved with their own detailed information about just how insecure all of our election uh, uh, equipment was. However, what is the new detail about Iran? Let's jump to it. Uh, all right. So uh, uh, where is it, guys? Uh, I had this all keyed up and uh, maybe I'm not seeing it because it's in this uh, special view. So I don't have to deal with the ads. So we're going to back out of this. Uh, I guess that it's actually coming from that same report. Uh, Okay. Well, um, I guess I, I I'm not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, this is like it's the exact same article that we read last week. So I guess I don't know. I'll have to come back to this because uh, perhaps there's some sort of an issue uh, with the linking of the article on Gateway Pundit's website. All right, now. Uh, this truly is new information. Uh, I'm sure you guys remember Wesley Clark. Wesley Clark was famous after the beginning of the Gulf War, uh, well, a number of Gulf Wars, uh, because he was talking about how the George W. Bush administration had a plan to essentially destabilize the Middle East. Like Iraq wasn't the end game. Iraq was the beginning of the game. And what's interesting is that if anybody – Wesley Clark also ran for president, like on the platform that he didn't want to destabilize the world. But in this secretly recorded video, uh, Wes Clark is talking about uh, a Soros financed nonprofit uh, that was directly involved in election interference in a number of different countries all around the world. Uh, Italy, Greece and Hungary are specifically called out. In this video, uh, I guess a, a citizen journalist by the name of MAGA Babe has released a number of videos which detail uh, how the nonprofit organization, the Action for Democracy Group, admit to engaging in these political influence campaigns in other parts of the world. 
they are a 501c4 nonprofit. They're based in Chicago, and they have received contributions totaling $11 million, and we know that because uh, publicly available filings are made public as a result of their nonprofit status. So – uh, democracy, while a local affair governed independently within the confines of the nation state, is an idea that has global consequences and we believe requires global attention. This is their description of their work from their own website. The idea is simple, they continue, to express and make local democratic concerns global concerns, whether it's anti-LGBT laws in Poland or cracking down on independent media in Brazil, A4D functions as a global platform for amplifying the voices and raising awareness of critical national struggles against anti-democratic forces. Our mission is to activate the power of our citizens and build a global pro-democracy solidarity unit movement committed to promoting democratic values and institutions and pushing back against the rising threat of autocracy worldwide. So essentially, they want to go into nations all over the world and import their unique brand of DEI and uh, woke garbage. Why is – oh my god, my browser just quit working. What's going on? What is going on? Okay, okay, I'm back. I'm back. All right, so these are the key battlegrounds that they had identified. Italy, obviously Italy has had a nationalist bent recently, the new prime minister. Uh, she has specifically talked about getting rid of all the African migrants that keep showing up on their shores. Brazil, Bolsonaro, uh, anyone? Bolsonaro, the uh, Brazilian Trump. Hungary, Victor Orban, he is also a uh, an attack vector from the global deep state. And then Poland, the same kind of thing is happening in Poland. So they've been accused of using their status to conceal major donations from George Soros. And at the same time, they've participated in the manipulation of electoral outcomes across a number of countries. That includes Poland and Hungary. And in this video of Wesley Clark that recently came out, he is served as the Supreme Allied Commander for Europe of NATO from 1997 to 2000. Uh, he commanded Operation Allied Force during the Kosovo War. He's discussing how the past interference in elections in Europe has happened as a result of this group. So he said, for years, we interfered in the Italian elections. We made sure the communists never won in Italy and in Greece, and we did not engineer the coup in Turkey against Erdogan. Had we done so, I'm told it would. He would like to think that we did and say that we did, but this mutual interference stays on everywhere. So there's a number of groups all around the world who are involved in this sort of uh, questionable behavior. When questioned about Hungary, he confirms, yeah, Hungary, sure. And then later he says, it's not the U.S. government. It's private individuals that are interfering in other countries' elections. Now, we've spoken in the past uh, on a number of different occasions about how these, these 501c4, 501c3, these non-governmental organizations go into countries countries that they hope to destabilize, they set up shop, and then they use foreign money to come in and try to implement Western values. Now, that used to be uh, not allowing communists to get elected. 
But now it's about making your kids gay or turning them into the opposite gender or trying to import as many migrants as possible. And, of course, uh, trying to put the most progressive liberal candidates into office so that they can easily implement that agenda. Now, Clark actually blasted George Soros for his interference in Hungary's elections. He stated he funded the efforts in Bosnia. He funded the efforts in Hungary. That's why Viktor Orban hates him, because he doesn't like what he's doing. George Soros would say Viktor Orban is the guy. But who's George Soros? He's an American. He happened to grow up in Hungary. Why is he controlling the politics of Hungary? We don't want that. Well, I would say that there are certain elements within the United States and certainly the global deep state apparatus that are more than happy to help George Soros interfere in Hungary's elections and anywhere else that he wants to dump his money. The CIA obviously has a big part to play in that as well. We have our own non-governmental organizations that are basically propped up by the CIA. Uh, and, uh, of course, all of these NGOs work together to produce the, the same effect, a, a destabilizing force. Uh, they This is how they implement color revolutions, which we've seen uh, all over the world and even here in the United States of America. Look at the summer of love. He said uh, that he worked with George Soros in 2024. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2014. When I did my work in Ukraine in 2014, remember, that's when the Maidan revolution happened and the Ukrainian government essentially was overthrown. And then a new government was implemented by Victoria Nuland, the State Department, and of course, the CIA. He said, I was on the International Crisis Trustee Board. Also, George was funding the Open Society in Ukraine. And then in another video, we have another man by the name of David Koryani. He's the executive actor excuse me, executive director at Action for Democracy, this organization that Wesley Clark was referencing. Uh, he said uh, in regard to the scale of donations, I would say two million. I think that's actually a number that would bring you into the pantheon of the biggest donors of Action for Democracy. Uh, he said, come on up with a list of priorities and action items and programs. Like, for instance, this chunk of money will be earmarked towards supporting the Venezuelan democratic movement. This chunk of money will support Polish civil society grants. So it would be quite specific as far as I would say 80 percent of what the grant would do. So. If you are a big money person like George Soros, you have money that you're going to hand over to this nonprofit so that they can have plausible deniability. It's not George Soros spending the money. It's a nonprofit that is getting money from George Soros. They'll go in and they'll do whatever it is that you want them to do in this country. If you want them to overthrow the ruling government, if you want them to elect another candidate, if you want them to push DEI on the people of that country, you can do it. Uh, this goes to show you that it's not simply foreign governments that are doing the meddling. Uh, it's not just the actual uh, elected officials or the agencies working for that government. Quite often, it is going to be a non-governmental organization that is bloated with money from George Soros and so many other sources throughout the world that hope to see a destabilized world so it would more easily slip into a new world order, one world government type scenario in the future. So uh, obviously, just keep your eyes open. Something else I think we need to keep our eyes open for is uh, the, the coming AI supremacy that a lot of people are predicting. Now, I will fully admit to uh, liking playing around with AI. I like to use it in what ways I can. 
Obviously, I can make some pretty cool thumbnails with it. Uh, if I want to show a thumbnail that doesn't already exist, if there's not a picture of it or I can't find something that I can cobble together in Photoshop, then I'll try to find a way to create it. Uh, but leading experts in the field of AI are raising dire warnings uh, that an artificial intelligence that decides to go rogue could very easily bring about the end of humanity. And that that could happen in as little as two years. I think that that may be a conservative estimate, to be quite honest with you. But this man's name is uh, Elizer Yudkowsky. He's claiming that at the rate we're currently going, AI could reach God-level super intelligence, could take as little as two years, could be up to 10 years. And in that case, every person we know and love could soon be dead. Now, If AI is allowed to reach a point of intelligence that surpasses humanity, and that is going to be very, very soon, it's already scary, scary, crazy. Um, But if it is allowed to and there are certain guardrails that aren't put on it, then it's quite possible that that AI would make the decision that the world would be better off without the dangers that humanity poses to it. And if it no longer needs humans because it's gotten to the point where it's so intelligent, it can create other AIs itself that can do tasks for it uh, in the same way that humans have done right now. Um, Why wouldn't it just decide that it wanted to wipe people off the face of the earth? I mean, obviously, Terminator 2 uh, or any of the Terminator films for that matter. Uh, there, the the quotes that I'm referencing in this piece are coming from an interview that Eliza Yudkowsky did with The Guardian. He's a researcher at the Machine Intelligence Research Institute in Berkeley, California, arguably one of the uh, American universities that are working on creating the very technology that he's talking about potentially destroying humanity. Uh, He stated that he believes the development of advanced artificial intelligence poses an existential threat to humanity. I think that this is the major argument that pretty much everybody has about artificial intelligence, uh, that if these machines become self-aware, if they decide to break out of the confines or or if they – if if they discover a methodology to break out of the confines of whatever restrictions have been placed upon it, you know, what's to stop them? There really is nothing to stop them. And w- when you consider the people who are making these AIs, uh, they're going to be produced with uh, the values and uh, the the ethical and moral standpoints of the people who developed them. If these essentially are the the worst examples of humanity because, you know, they they want to brainwash your kids and they want to implement this progressive communist agenda, uh, you know, who's to say that? Oh, and not to mention the idea of climate change. I mean, how often do you hear that mankind is the problem that, uh, you know, we just need fewer people? Well, if it hears that often enough and it internalizes it and it believes it, then perhaps an AI that gets loose might make the decision, hey, we need to get rid of 90 percent of the human population. That'll solve global warming. Well, here we go. So he's not the only one researching uh, AI issues that believes this. Alistair Stewart, who is a former British soldier pursuing a master's degree, uh, has protested the development of advanced AI systems because he also is afraid that humanity will become extinct. Uh, He points to a recent survey in which 16 experts in AI 
predicted that their work could end mankind. That's right. The people who are actually building this stuff also believe that their work could ultimately destroy the human race. That's a one in six chance of catastrophe. That's Russian roulette style odds. Now, there is a more measured approach, but also it raises alarm bells. Luddism is founded on a politics of refusal, which in reality just means having the right and ability to say no to things that directly impact your life. We're quickly getting to the point where we will have no say in AI directly impacting our life. They are literally working it into everything. Jim Kyle says, why is Soros allowed to interfere in our democracy and nothing is done him? Where is he hiding? Well, it's because the people who are running our country are also funded by George Soros and they're profiting off of his meddling in democracy. I think that when Donald Trump comes back, the issue of George Soros is going to have to be dealt with. He is an American citizen, so we would be able to charge him and then extradite him to the United States, charge him with treason, and then let your imagination run wild from there. So just a warning about artificial intelligence. I think it's something that we need to think about. Um, and before we close out the show today, I want to final. I want to finish the show on some discussion about uh, some recent events taking place in in Russia, because obviously, while I'm worrying about AI, the deep state's worrying about Russia. So last week we reported on. Um, a um, uh, a threat, a national security threat, serious national security threat uh, coming out of the the uh, the intelligence committee. Uh, Mike Turner, he's a Republican from Ohio. Um, he, he's the one who made this this threat. And it was curiously timed right around the same time that uh, the, the 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 reauthorization of FISA. This is interesting. Congress left for vacation and they did not finalize a spending bill. I don't know what that means. Are we going to is, is the federal government going to shut down? I mean, they're already going to be shut down because uh, they're supposed to be on vacation or at least Congress is. Um, but they didn't finalize spending bills. And that would include uh, a re-upping funding for FISA. I want FISA to be completely eliminated. That's just me. It also includes uh, the threat of spending more money for Ukraine. That's what they want in the deep state. And Mike Turner's warning about Russia, I think it was timed to coincide with both of those incidents. Well, uh, Representative Andy Ogles, he's a Republican from Tennessee. He sent a a letter to House Speaker Mike Johnson uh, requesting an inquiry and possible removal of Mike Turner from the House Intelligence Committee uh, after Turner had sent that letter warning everybody about this urgent matter with regard to a destabilizing foreign military capability that should be known by all congressional policymakers. Now, obviously, Ogles has seen this threat, uh, and he also believes that this was an attempt to create uh, an unfounded anxiety and worry in the pursuit of a political agenda. This would prevent the passage of reform legislation to fix FISA or at the very least curtail it and rein it in a little bit because as it exists in its current form, every single one of us is in danger of being spied upon by the United States government. Uh, Now, Mike Johnson spoke out after Mike Turner came forward. He said there is no need for public alarm. And he called on uh, President Biden to declassify this information about the, quote, serious military threat. He said, I saw Chairman Turner's statement on the issue, and I want to assure the American people there's no need for public alarm. 
We're going to work together to address this matter as we do all sensitive matters that are classified. We just want to assure everyone steady hands are at the wheel. We're working on it and there's no need for alarm. Of course, they didn't give us any indication of what this might be, but everybody who I've heard speak about this publicly uh, outside of Mike Turner says it's a big nothing burger and we've got nothing that we need to worry about. I truly do believe that the clear and present danger to the safety, security and freedom of the people of the United States is the current incarnation of FISA. So Mike Turner, I hope that he gets stripped from the House Intel Committee. He is uh, completely ridiculous. Now, another tactic that's been used very recently is the death of Alexei Navalny. Now, Alexei Navalny was the opposition leader uh, in Russia who had been jailed uh, after, it turns out, his aide met with an MI6 agent seeking funding to engage in a color revolution to destabilize Russia in the same way that group we were just talking about did in other countries. They were requesting funding from MI6 to engage in a color revolution to get people out in the streets to protest and to remove Vladimir Putin from power. The plan would have been to put Alexei Navalny into the position of power there in Russia. And then, of course, he would be very sympathetic to America and the West, and he would completely change uh, the way and direction that Russia is going. Now, Alexei Navalny died in prison in Russia. And of course, the entirety of the deep state establishment has blamed his death on Donald Trump and the White House has explicitly blamed his death on Republicans. Alexei Navalny was not some hero of uh, the Russian people, and he was essentially caught in a treasonous act. It would be like. Donald Trump being president and Joe Biden getting caught on video meeting with MI6 requesting private funding so that he could assassinate President Trump or engage in some private rebellion. Uh, it would be like the people who actually funded the summer of love getting caught on tape, admitting that and explicitly stating that they were doing it to remove President Trump from power. Now, I hope they all get what's coming to them because we know who a lot of those people are. We've exposed them here on the show before. Their names, their organizations, the amount of money that went into it, we know what it is, okay? We had videos at the time of people delivering shields and, and implements of rioting. Biden had this to say, this tragedy reminds us of the stakes of the moment. History is watching the House of Representatives. The failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten, i.e. Republicans failing to pass military aid for Ukraine, which at this point is just a giant crater in Eastern Europe. That's the reason Alexei Navalny died. Now, Alexei Navalny was not being held in a prison in Ukraine. If more money had been passed for Ukraine, it would not have done anything to free Alexei Navalny from that Russian prison in Siberia and the Ukrainian people running short on supplies, bullets, ammunition, flak jackets, you know, tanks, you name it. None of that would have done anything to free Alexei Navalny. But everybody is, of course, running with that narrative. Uh, Hillary Clinton also, of course, has to get in on the action. Uh, Hillary Clinton is a career loser. The only time she won was when she killed JFK Jr. I mean, when she ran for Senate in New York. 
Uh, and of course, she likes to get a jab in at President Trump anytime she gets an opportunity. Uh, this Senate foreign aid bill, uh, it was just another wealth drain from the American people. $60 billion to Ukraine, $20 billion would have gone to the U.S. border, allegedly, but it also would have given another seven or eight billion dollars to keep that border open. That 20 billion dollars, what the hell would they have been spending it on? If they're going to give seven or eight billion to non-governmental organizations that they've helped to set up in Mexico along this trail of tears, the 20 billion dollars would have just probably ended up in the pockets of cartel members and, of course, corrupt politicians here and in Mexico. Uh, so this failed bill and the failed bill that came after it had nothing to do with Donald Trump. It had everything to do with the American people making sure that their senators and congressmen knew that this was a bad deal. And of course, it helps to have based people in power in Washington, D.C. And I feel like Mike Johnson has done a really good job since coming into the position of Speaker of the House. He certainly has done a much better job than Kevin McCarthy ever did. Kevin McCarthy's a little bitch, pardon my language, but he couldn't even stick around to the end of his term. Uh, so Hillary Clinton had to get a dig in at President Trump. Let's take a listen. Can Ukraine survive another year? Will the United States step up? And will the United States continue to be uh, a leader of NATO, given uh, former President Trump's recent comments? You know, President Biden said this week, supporting this bill, the one for foreign aid and military aid, is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is uh, playing into Putin's hands. Yes. What? I mean, you're a former senator. <laughs> you know, the Senate came kicking and screaming, but they passed it, but the House hasn't passed right. it. Where do you think, you know, in the political realm, this is going to go? Well, one thing I know for sure, if this bill from the Senate were ever put on the floor of the House, it would pass. It would pass uh, overwhelmingly. Because the people who are preventing it, starting with the uh, Speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, um, are not doing America's business. They're doing Donald Trump's business. And All right, Hillary. They're not doing Donald Trump's business. Donald Trump just happens to be of the same opinion of people with impeccable levels of intelligence. Hang on, I need to drink water. Donald Trump just happens to be a tad bit smarter than you. Again, a career loser and a shill for the deep state. Does anybody remember the Uranium One deal? Hillary Clinton loved Vladimir Putin then. She loved Vladimir Putin when she was helping to transfer the strategic uranium reserves into the hands of Rossitan and, of course, Russian officials. Hillary Clinton seemed to have no problem doing the bidding of Vladimir Putin at that point. Donald Trump strengthened America. The reason that Vladimir Putin respects Donald Trump is because Donald Trump is a strong, independent, intelligent alpha male. Donald Trump knows exactly what he needs, what he wants, and what he wants America to do, and exactly how to make America great. Hillary Clinton is a vast sucking sound in the cosmos. Hillary Clinton transfers wealth out of the pockets of the American people and into her own non-governmental organization, the Clinton Global Initiative and the uh, whatever the other one was, the, the Clinton Foundation. Hillary Clinton loves foreign leaders when it benefits herself. If anybody is doing the bidding of anyone else, it's Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton never did the bidding of the American people. And this bill would not pass if they brought it to the floor 
uh, and in its current incarnation because it's a ruse. It's a smokescreen has nothing to do with keeping America safe. It's all about transferring as much money as possible. Print it before it's worthless is their motto. Is Donald Trump so enamored of Putin? Well, part of it is he's a wannabe dictator. He has told us that repeatedly. He even said the other day, let's uh, basically get out of NATO and, you know, yes. encourage Putin to do what he wants to do. Get out. How absurd a statement that is cannot even be, you know, measured um, because you are essentially giving a green light to a murderous, brutal dictator. What's that, Hillary? A murderous, brutal dictator? Anybody remember what Hillary Clinton said after she gave the order to kill the leader of Libya, Muammar Gaddafi? We came, we saw, he died. And then she laughed, cackled like a brutal witch. Hillary Clinton, your time has passed. It's time for you to retire. Right off into the sunset, Hillary. Better yet, somebody put her on a raft of pine logs, set it on fire, and push it out into the ocean. I would be so happy if I never heard Hillary Clinton's voice ever again. All right. Final story. Two more corrupt politicians getting exposed. Allegedly, a Texas border sheriff candidate is now getting a little bit of hot water because he embezzled a million dollars from his family. This is a claim coming from his relatives. This candidate reportedly used companies in Nicaragua to move funds between and from his security company in South Texas. This is coming from a statement and an audit that was provided by his own family. This is coming from the brothers of Francisco Frank Guerrero. They put out a public statement against their brother openly. They had permanent and they have openly supported current Hidalgo County Sheriff Eddie Guerra, who is running against their brother. Now, according to a signed statement from Guerrero's brothers, Abelardo, Ricardo, and Raymond, they claim that shortly after their father suffered a stroke back in 2019, Frank took advantage of the family to funnel more than a million dollars out of his father's savings. If this is true, he's a real piece of work. Uh, The first issue came to light during a local political debate where Frank Guerrero has accused the incumbent sheriff of corruption, claiming that the sheriff has given large contracts to his friends and political supporters. That's happening. It's not cool. However, Guerra's campaign, along with the Guerrero brothers, distributed this document accusing him of embezzlement in which the brothers call him a scam artist. He, Frank, did so in a manner that we as a family would never have thought possible. Money changes people, you guys. Money will make people do terrible things. But I'll tell you what, you don't screw over family. Unfortunately, people do all the time. He used our trust to his benefit to facilitate the embezzling of funds, funds which were part of a lifetime of our father's hard work. And in just a few short years, Frank fraudulently withdrew funds that we were to be using for our now handicapped father's medical expenses. What a piece of shit. Oh, my God. So according to the audit, 
They found these financial regularities in the company and they figured out that Frank had funneled this money off. Now, Frank, of course, claims it's a baseless mudslinging by his political rival. Never mind that his brothers are the ones who actually made the claim. He posted a video on Facebook. He appeared with his mother. And in that video, his mother claimed that the allegations were baseless and part of a family dispute and that she was upset that it was being used for politics. What is the truth in this situation? Is his brothers just trying to ruin his political career? Did this candidate for sheriff actually funnel a million dollars from his father's funding to pay for his stroke care? My God, I don't know. I don't know what the truth is, but I'll tell you what, when families come out slinging like this, generally where there's smoke, there's fire. So. The information has been put out there. I guess it all depends on whether or not you trust this auditing firm that say, yes, in fact, candidate for sheriff Frank Guerrero actually did embezzle more than a million dollars from his family. What a piece of work. And finally, the top Border Patrol doctor was just caught pressuring staff to order fentanyl lollipops. For his trip to the U.N. General Assembly. Now, this is coming from a whistleblower. This whistleblower submitted this report to Congress on Friday, alleging that the chief medical officer for the Customs and Border Protection Agency, Dr. Alexander Eastman, put pressure on employees to acquire fentanyl lollipops. Now, the reasoning was that he might need them for an emergency pain management session during the United Nations General Assembly that would be held in New York in September. Now, the, sta- the the complaint states staff members were confused when Dr. Frank Eastman insisted they obtained the potent Schedule II narcotic, which is usually not given to just anyone. And it was an unusual request. It was asked in an unusual way. Dr. Eastman, of course, is going to defend his actions. He stated it was his responsibility to ensure the well-being of any injured Customs and Border Patrol agent. And he said, hey, these lollipops were used for critical pain relief situations. How many how many critical pain relief situations do you get into at the United Nations General Assembly? I mean, do people generally, I don't know, it's like, it's like, do you just come down with cancer in the middle of the UN General Assembly? Are, we got people that are getting catastrophic injuries and bullet wounds and stuff. I mean, I just don't see it. I don't see it. So, and the, the whistleblowers don't see it either. Apparently, Eastman spent copious hours of his and his office staff's time uh, directing all of them to urgently help him procure fentanyl lollipops so that he could bring them on a Customs and Border Patrol air and marine operations helicopter where he would be a passenger in New York City. This one does not pass the smell test. Something tells me Dr. Eastman is probably an addict, and he's been using his positions at Customs and Border Patrol as the top doctor to procure Schedule two narcotics so that he can keep his addiction going. Dr. Eastman, just come forward. Go to rehab. Give your position up. Repent. Admit the truth. And you'll probably have a career when it's all said and done. But if he continues to obfuscate and lie, more people are going to come forward. More people are going to go ahead and light that fire under his ass before he finally leaves. Eventually, it turns out he was unsuccessful in getting the fentanyl lollipops. They, I guess they couldn't find somebody who could procure fentanyl lollipops in time. 
Fentanyl lollipops are heavy-duty guys. Those are for people who are in serious amounts of pain, generally cancer patients. If you are catastrophically injured and they need to administer fentanyl, they're going to do it in an IV. You have fentanyl lollipops around, and people tend to eat them. That's just kind of the way that it is. So very, very odd scenario. Something tells me Dr. Eastman and his friends are pedophiles and they give those kids to they give those suckers to kids and then they take them. Oh, my God. That that could be it. Yeah. Tattoo teacher hospice. If you're in hospice, you got fentanyl lollipops. Uh, You're not generally getting fentanyl lollipops if you're just taking a helicopter to New York. My God, this guy must have been desperate. All right, guys, we're going to go through the final Thank yous, the donations over here. First, I need to say thank you to Phillips on Cash App. Thank you very much. Appreciate the donation. Uh, thank you again to Water Wizard and Porpoiseful. Uh, Marnie Hurley, thank you for that cookie. Thank you to Bacon Slut. Love the name, always. Just Duckies, thank you. Thank you to Porpoiseful. Who cares? It says, high five, Zach. Fanny did not come in under her own power. She was subpoenaed by Trump's guys. Well, they subpoenaed her. But the judge had not decided whether or not he was actually going to have her testify. So at the last minute, Fanny came in and said, you know what? I want to testify. But yes, they did try to compel her to come in. Uh, thank you to Sean Joe, who dropped a can, a cookie, a cookie, a cookie. And Ohio Kimmy also dropped a cookie. Thank you. Loop to loop says unmute. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys. Liberty Bells, God bless you and Lisa. Much love. Wonderful show. Thank you so much, Liberty Bells. Leanne63 says, Zach, have you ever watched Person of Interest? It's about AI. Excellent series. I have not watched Person of Interest. I'll go ahead and check it out, though. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. I, I appreciate you guys. Okay. Uh, time traveling hipster. I need two dozen psychedelic toads stat. <laughs> Don't ask why. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right, you guys. Uh, I'll be live again tonight at 1030 on Badlands with John, uh, Baseless Conspiracy. So if you want to hang out there and talk about conspiracies with us, then come on over. If not, then hopefully I'll see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. right here for another episode of Red Pill News. Oh, Castle Drummer just dropped a cookie. I appreciate you, buddy. So until I see you, whether it's tonight, 1030, tomorrow at 5, good luck. God bless. We'll see you then.